Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Spotlight Interviews. I'm Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with insight from a different perspective of the Business Fights Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. So today we're joined by Zizekela Maratulul, with over two decades of experience building brands, leading communication strategies, and innovating new ways of thinking about brand purpose. Zizekela's CV includes MD of Herd Boys, McCain Erickson, CEO for Grey Advertising in South Africa, Head of Marketing for Bank Abs Africa, and now Zizekela, you lead your own communications strategy agency. Born in South Africa, you've worked in numerous countries across the continent, as well as the Americas and Europe. Zizekela, welcome to Business Fights Poverty, and thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Katie. <laughs> so firstly, um, you've founded your own agency recently. What does being an African female leader um, in 2018 mean to you? It means being always afraid and moving forward regardless. <laughs> it also means just being deliberate about uh, being resourceful, being resilient, and being open to the ways in which we as women in business can work together. Because I think that when, we, when smart women work together, the world's problems are halved. And I could be biased because I'm a female in business, but that's my view and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> And I read somewhere that you once described yourself as a social scientist by training, a marketer by design, and a strategist at core. What does that mean? Tell me a bit more about yourself. It, I, that comes from the fact that I actually studied a liberal arts degree. So I've got a, a master's in communication sociology. I'm currently working through a PhD that's not necessarily related to brand, but is related to gender equity. So I know that at core, I'm interested in how society works. So having landed in advertising was about how brands must behave in society or how brands impact people in society. So that's where the sociologist by training comes in. And then the strategist is because we, we've had to find super efficient ways of leapfrogging things we didn't know in this part of the world and helping our clients understand very quickly that strategy sometimes isn't just defining the path and hoping you'll get there if you stay on your knees long enough, but it's also just about discipline and choice, right? So it's about if we want to be better at this, what are the things that we need to stop, start and continue? And we're seeing in recent times that a lot more, the, those companies that are very deliberate about placing purpose at the core of their existence tend to have a much richer brand equity and a much richer relationship with the communities they serve. And, and why do you think that is? Like, what do you think is driving that connection between brand purpose or the integrity of it and the a connection with their communities? What, what's, what's refreshing for me, Katie, is I think that many of the startups we see today already have purpose baked into their DNA, right? Whereas many of the established corporates are either trying to embrace it as a trend, which is problematic because then that's never authentic because you just let HR deal with it. Or those who are a lot more authentic, the Unilevers of this world who are saying, we are weaving sustainability into every aspect of our business. So I know now that the caliber of consumer out in the marketplace 
is challenging corporates to behave in line with his or her value system. So people are buying based on value alignment. And because of that, corporates are recognizing that they are going to have to um, be a lot more authentic about crafting purpose and living it on the everyday. It is not, it's not enough to have a mission statement and values that you, that you print and you post on your elevators and all these other funky places, people place these things. Purpose has to be the way you behave, the way you enter relationships, the way you, the way you, you enter, um, a collaboration with another person where everybody wins because that's what purpose teaches you. Purpose teaches you that if we focus on, on uplifting humanity, everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And um, you touched on it briefly, but I mean, we here at Business Fights Poverty, we care very deeply about collaboration between organizations and across sectors to deliver both the social and the commercial value. Um, what in your experience, what does great collaboration therefore look like both within an organization, but also across sectors? I mean, our, our practice sits at that intersection of commerce, creativity and culture, right? And we're, and we're very clear in saying to our clients, we recognize that you have a commercial imperative, but you live in a culture. So let's help you understand what's happening in that culture. And, and if we can use these two things magically, then creativity is what will help us define authentic and, and distinctive solutions. So collaboration that works in our experience is collaboration between like-spirited people and also people who have a, a shared value system. Because it, it's not about, it's not about, there may be a power differential, but if you recognize that you and I, I emanate from the same value system, then it's a lot more authentic and it's a lot more sustainable to design a lasting collaborative platform. So, for example, you will see um, collaborations that are expedient, whether that's between a an influencer, as they're called today, and a brand because she's got 3 million followers on Twitter and therefore let's try and do something together. Those things don't tend to have a lot of legs and longevity because they are, they sound and feel a lot more expedient. What we are encouraging is a collaboration that is very deliberate about a, a defined outcome that's about elevating society. So let's give you an example of, I guess, things that, I, that I've that i seen recently that I think really, really work. So I'm encouraged by, for example, the, the work that... Um, it is Unilever, the work that Unilever does in the communities from which it sources any and all of its products. And, and I mean, it's not that they, they do everything correct, but I'm, I'm certain that they, they're proving as an example that that's worth following. We've got um, a wine brand down here in South Africa where it's actually produced in an area where a lot of frogs believe it or not, cross the road. So they started a fund to protect the toads. And so every time you're drinking, you also are giving back to just help the sustainability of hoppers that cross the road. So those are just two examples that I can think of at the moment where a brand has been deliberate in saying, in the community in which I derive my commercial benefit, how can I give back? And it's interesting you talk about the frog work piece because the fact that, you know, it brings a smile to your face. It's obviously very memorable. And you talked a bit about kind of creativity already. I mean, how do you see creativity really being kind of harnessed to, to solve some of those really meaty, you know, problems, you know, alleviate po- poverty? 
so let's 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 think about financial inclusion for example which is often presented as and it's a real problem as a woman in business i know this as a woman who supports other women in business i have heard them repeat this um um ad infinitum here's what i know is that until and unless we change the way we attach value to what women bring to the world of business then we're going to be struggling with just being a lot more deliberate in supporting them so if you are a female farmer in Tanzania by way of example and you go into a bank to borrow money and somebody says what's your asset base do you have a home you go no uh, do you have a car you go no do you have investments you go i've got 10 herd of cattle until we can get to a place where we can recognize that that herd of cattle should be considered currency against which i can then um offer security to then access credit from a bank so i'm challenging the way we 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 attach value to things that we call assets or non assets and that's a function of creativity it's just about saying how do we look at a problem that's existed for years and 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 think and design a solution that is fresh but also a solution that is for these times yeah and and taking that kind of the the female agenda a little bit further i mean your personal experience being you know you've been in a, a woman in leader um leadership for quite some time yeah. where does this where what do we need to do differently what do we need to do more to get this kind of female empowerment piece moving i mean we've we've been talking about it for centuries literally why is why are we still sticking on because i i think there are several things right and some of them Katie i think that we as women um bring upon ourselves and what do i mean by that it is okay that not every woman is a feminist right because that's the starting point we have to go it's okay that every woman is not a feminist but we we also make it clear that if you are in a position to alter either the gender landscape the conversation landscape or the diversity landscape on account of your role then you have a responsibility to execute against that so one is i think we it would be fantastic to to see a lot more women walk into these roles with that clearly defined responsibility that says i am here and i will lead the ladder up against this wall so that other people can find their way to this place speaking as a as a female who is a first generation in my family first graduate first one to travel abroad first one to be in executive positions i didn't have a lot of footprints in the sand so i did make a lot of mistakes but what i'm grateful for are all the people i met along the journey who then were my leadership university as it were so as my leadership style evolved i was also then able to move from a focus that says i got here on my own hard work which is true but it doesn't mean that i should then expect all other people to work as hard as i did do you know what i mean like we have to recognize that other people arrive at places um in a different route from where or from how we got there but we can't negate or demote the responsibility we have to lift as we rise so one i would like a lot more females in business to be deliberate about raising um another female too i would like for females to take responsibility for the ways in which we are we also can self sabotage right um and three to recognize this, that there's enough success for all of us if 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 more smart smart generous women get together i promise you katie we will not be talking about this in 10 years i pray 
<laughs> so more collaboration between us. And yeah. and therefore, I mean, you mentioned earlier that your PhD is is looking at this this subject. I mean, what drove you to go as far as to decide you're going to do a PhD in it? And what are you hoping to get out of what, what, the solutions or the output from your PhD? So, so the PhD is looking at um, the life experiences of black female professionals who are child-free, right? So we're looking at the, 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 ability, the, the ability to choose life with our children as an aspect of diversity. And what we're finding, which is going to scare you a lot, is how um, ingrained pronatalist ideology with ho- uh, imp- negatively impacts their professional growth, which is petrifying, right? Because here's another example of, a woman who's judging another woman on account of whether she's a mother or not and using her power to limit or accelerate that other person's growth in the workplace. So here's an example of one more thing that we we, we need to have an honest conversation about because I, I honestly do believe that if we get our acts together as women in business, the world won't touch us. I really, really do believe that. Yeah, yeah. And... um just sort of going back a little bit to uh, the sort of the founding your, your business as a whole and and where um, what's driving you to to set up your own uh, agency itself. I mean, where clearly you talked a lot about uh, brand purpose, the importance of doing that really well, um, and what happens when it kind of gets out of kilter with the kind of impacts that those businesses can actually truly deliver. Um, what what advice would you give to um, people within business perhaps both the brand team side of things but also the kind of social impact team within those businesses how can they better work together the the first one would be for because i think that it's a superficial difference the brand and the business because for us the brand is the business right because everybody wakes up to enhance the reputation of the business they work in. And that's a function of brand building. So the first one is just to remove this false veneer that says brand equals marketing equals advertising because that's not what it is. If we help business leaders and business owners understand that brand building is about reputation enhancement, then everybody will start nodding because everybody wants to get to a place where you can accelerate your reputation and elevate your commercial growth. And therefore, what does, um, if this really is taken to the kind of extreme, i.e. full the full journey of businesses being uh, focused on purpose, having doing that kind of authentically, I mean, how, how what's, what's the, the future that you can see if this, if this works well? I mean, particularly sitting there in, in, in South Africa. Here's what I imagine, and I'm hoping I live long enough to see this come to pass. One is I'm imagining um, businesses that define their success based on the success of the communities in which they work. One. Two, I'm seeing businesses that are removing these silos and superficial separations between internal and external value systems. How you be, Because I've been in businesses where, and it, and it was a bank, for example, where Retail, the retail division had a different set of values from the corporate banking division, which had a different set of values from the wealth. That's problematic because you work for one umbrella brand, right, which is the bank. So one is we've got to be very clear that we have a, a unifying purpose. We have a, a value system that is shared 
We have a customer experience that is designed to be the most perfect expression of our purpose. So if you leave purpose as a, a thing we do, because that's what we can report on in our annual report, then we are doing it the wrong way. Purpose has to infuse the way we behave, the way we think, the way we solution, and the, and the way we go into market. Also, the way we recruit, right? Because the, the, the reputational damage you are seeing now, whether it's with KPMG in South Africa or with Bell Pottinger or any of these other brands that we've been reading about in recent times, all of those things have to do, I think those challenges happen when you create a gap between who we are to the world and who we are inside. And until there's uniformity, then we, it's going to be, it's, it's going to continue to be a problem. So that's the, that's the first. And I think another thing, Katie, that may be helpful is how you design reward structures in corporate could also be a crucial thing of changing this. Because if you're going to reward me for, for, for hitting numeric targets, even if behaviorally I'm, I'm, I'm anti-culture, then you're festering a problematic behavior on my part. So I would love to, to get to a place where I can see a corporation that says, behavior is 50% of your performance and then the other 50% is just your ability to deliver on the, te- on the technical requirements. Because until and unless you measure it, it's never going to get done inside corporates. We know this. Yeah. And then um, I, I'm going to move in a moment on to, I've got kind of five 30-second quick questions for you. Um, but I, th- I thought just before that, just a, a, a slight pause and say, give you an opportunity to share a little bit more about the agency that you've set up, what drives that and, and what you, what the impact you hope it will make or does make already. Here's, we know that the, the impact of everyday life on the continent, as I said earlier, does intersect commerce, creativity and culture. And I do, on an everyday basis, challenge the brands that approach us for assistance and the ones that we go to proactively to be deliberate in, in, in cultivating relationships rather than transactional connections. Because, because we are human beings all the time and we are consumers some of the time. So when I hear companies say we're consumer-centric, I'm like, hello, how about you become human-centric? Because in our business, we claim very loudly that we are for humans. Because the part of you that's not consuming, Katie, is dreaming you're, you're, you're designing a future for, you, for your family and for yourself. You are contributing to society. You are all these other things that, that someone who's trying to sell you a sticky syrup in a black bottle blah, uh, doesn't necessarily recognize. So, so the challenge here is just about saying, I, I do want us to have a human-focused specific, specific lens on just how we design our businesses and how we go about behaving as business people in the world. Brilliant. Okay, so my uh, my quick fire questions for you, and they, they were sort of quite personal questions. So, uh, um, first of all, who inspires you, and why? Everyone who's overcome inspires me, um, because I I look to them and I see strength, I see resilience, I see progress, I, I see ability to move forward. So, if you've overcome anything, I am inspired by you. <laughs> And what are you personally most excited about in 2018? Mindful we're halfway through the year already, but uh, the next six months or or a year, what are you most excited about? Young people who are deliberate about giving to the world and taking from it. I'm truly, truly inspired and excited by that. Cool. And, And how do you stay motivated? 
Um, so I meditate. Um, I run. I go to the. I go to um, places where I can literally be in contact with people who know more than I do or who know differently from I do. So whatever it is that they can teach me, that's what keeps me motivated. Um, what does personal success look like for you? Leaving an imprint on as many souls as I can. And finally, uh, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out on their career? Give more than, give, actually, give what you're asking for. Mm. Well, if you want respect, give it. If you want good results, be in there. And remain standing until the job is done. I think sometimes we, we they, and I say this when I speak to younger people, like, is that 20 years experience takes 20 years. So we can't micro up in that stuff, right? So just remain standing, uh, be humble, and give what you're asking for. Amazing. I'm inspired. Zizakella, is there anything else that you want to share with Business Fights Poverty today? I would like to commend, firstly, I'm just excited being in your universe. And, I'm, and I think that the world gets better the more we have entities such as, as yourselves who are deliberate about saying there are interesting and new ways that we can attack these many problems that the world faces today. So I'm, I'm excited about the ability to, to at least collaborate with you in bringing attention to if poverty is what's holding us back, how can we as society, as communities, and as the corporate uh, community in particular, attend to these issues so that we can, we can, we can unlock some sustainable, long-lasting solutions. Susan thank you very much. Thank you. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.